I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I create today, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Because we didn't have that, we grow up looking at success from a place of what we achieve, what we have, what we can buy, how much we are able to create from the idea of material. So the validation from other people we look for. That's why social media has such a strong um, you know, grasp on, on humanity because human beings want to feel acknowledged. They want to be seen because seen is loved and love means you're part of the tribe. And so again, this energy creates a Discourse. So human beings actually believe they have a career. They create it in a very structural, disconnected way. I have a career. This is my career. No, this is not your career. There is no such thing as a career. This is all set up to compartmentalize your creative expression. If you continue to say, I have a career and this is what my career is, not only are you boxing yourself, you are taking away all of the multiple um, possibilities of what can be out of the equation. And you are separating yourself, which we call dissonance. You're dissoning yourself from the possibilities of many possibilities. And you're singly um, putting yourself in a box. And only that which is in the nucleus of that box can attract what you need in life. That's a problem. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline the Podcast. These are honest conversations about true self-success with the people we follow and the teachers who help us on our way. I hope you find this episode valuable and if you need support aligning your profession to your true nature, your unique gifts and your passions, I'm here to help. Visit getoffline.co to find out more about Offline's personal and professional development opportunities or follow getoffline.co on social media. You can find me at Alison Larson Rice. Thank you for being here. Now, while I can't control how you'll experience this episode, my hope is that it speaks directly to your innate deservingness for a life that is joyful and happy. I hope that it encourages you to see what you do for a living as less about what you'll get in return and more about unlocking what it is that you have to give. I also hope it gives you the courage to create a life that feels like your own, not one that somebody else suggested you live. Shaman Durek is a sixth-generation shaman. He's the founder of The Shaman School and best-selling author of the book Spirit Hacking, Shamanic Keys to Reclaim Your Personal Power, Transform Yourself, and Light Up the World. If I had to sum this episode up in a sentence, and let's be honest, I do, it's about reclaiming our independence, and perhaps even more specific than that, our spiritual independence. Shaman Durek is dedicated to giving people their power back. His wisdom and his work asks us to be our own damn gurus. He reminds us that we are the expert on us. 
and that if we choose to exist as the multi-dimensional beings that we actually are, then we'll bump into happiness. We'll feel the sense of fulfillment we've been seeking through otherwise unsustainable and oftentimes self-serving and stagnant pathways. He believes success is no more than us being able to live in a place of joy, happiness, freedom and play within what we do. I'm in. Here's the extremely expanding Shaman Jurek and I for Offline. I wanted to give you an opportunity to acknowledge or pay respect to anything or anyone before we start. I'd like to pay respect to my ancestors um, and my elders, um, uh, Erise, calling forth my ancestors, calling forth the, all the shamans and elders of all the tribes of the earth, the spirits of nature, and also giving respect to the spirits of every embodiment and every sentient being that is with us. That's beautiful. A question I had for you, which I like to ask uh, teachers and healers, is do you have a favorite practice that you could invite us into to sort of ground us in the present moment before we start talking? Um, Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the practices that um, we can do is basically connecting into your core. So earth core, which is also inside the heart. And at the like, and a lot of people talk about chakras. They say like the muladhara at the base of the spine. But in shamanism, the earth core energy is in the center of your heart. And so what you want to do is you want to basically pound your heart three times. So one, two, three, take a deep breath. And then just make the sound ooh, ee, ah. Ooh, ee, ah. And then hoo. Hoo. There's a real arrival. Yeah, it locks you in to your, who you are as a human being on the planet. It also allows the spirits to connect with your energy. So now you can actually say, ground me deeper into the earth. Ground me deeper into the earth. I'm actually going to put both feet on the ground. Thank you. And just notice how your body, notice how your feet feel and your body Mm. feels locked in because when you access the earth energy in your heart with the ooh-ee-ah and then you make the sound whoo, that sends energy all the way up into your pineal gland and then sends it all the way into your nervous system and then all the way through your back and all through your entire connective system. So that's your synthesis system that is communicating to every organ, to every part of your body. And then it brings you into earth energy because of the heart. So heart awareness and shamanism is a key component to how we build relationships and the type of relationships we have. So grounding into that space in the heart allows your body to be more locked in and therefore you are able to handle any type of energy or any type of thing that may present itself to you. 
Can I tell you what's interesting is I'm sitting here for the first time ever with my palms open in front of me. So is that, have you heard about that before? Just like my feet are firmly on the ground, but as you've been talking, I've just realized my hands are literally in front of me, like two palms open. And I've, I never do that. Absolutely. So when you're connecting to that energy, you're actually connecting into all of the ancestral energies that are um, both in what we call past, present, and also um, anything that's connecting to all the tribes and all the um, elementals. So the receiving of what we call the pouring, which is when spirit pours into you, your hands sometimes will go up. Sometimes people will start to feel their body moving because of the magnetic energy that they're pulling in. Whenever you make um, communion with the ancestors, you are acknowledging them. One of the rituals that I do every morning in my culture is I take um, alcohol and I like rum from Haiti and I put it in my mouth and I blow it on my altar three times and say, Erise. Erise means calling my ancestors in and acknowledging uh, the alcohol is kind of like a signature of like acknowledging the human acknowledgement of the spirit world to our world. So it's an offering, we call it Oti. So we make the Oti. And then what happens is you feel so empowered and so energetic, you know, and then I place my hand on my head. And then what I do is I pray to my, to my spirit that is walking with me in this life and ask it what I need. And then I go and wash myself in the sink uh, with a bowl. I take a bowl, put water in it. And then I say um, some African prayers into the water and then um, blow in the water three times and wash my head because your crown, your head in African culture is your most sacred place. And whatever you speak over yourself, you are basically telling all yourselves, all the spirits, all the ancestors, everything to follow in that, in that alignment. So a lot of times people don't realize that they, that they go through so much uh, mental discord and, and spiritual discord because they speak over their head with words that are not um, enlightening. They're not what we call high intelligent words. They speak with um, words that are limiting and destroying at the same time. And so therefore it creates what we call a chaos energy in their magnetic energy field. And then they start to attract all these things into their life that match the frequencies of that discord. You just brought up the work you, not the work you do, but the the devotion that you do every morning at the altar. And it's something that I do in, in my own way with my own beliefs. Talk to us about, and it was actually a question I had for you later on, but let's talk about it now. How important, in, with whatever we believe, how important is that morning practice, that morning devotion? And what do you believe it fundamentally sets us up for or to receive in the day? So, you know, in my culture, in African culture, and the way that I was raised is that when you um, bring yourself to the awakening point from the other dimension um, where you go when you sleep at night, you, um, the first thing you should address is the spirit that walks with you. So I always place my hand on my head. 
you know, and um, and communicate to that spirit. Now, in some cultures, of course, they'll like in Muslim cultures, they'll bow to Mecca. Um, other cultures, they'll get on, they'll pray. You know, everyone has a different way, a different way of aligning themselves. But the the ritual in the morning isn't so much about doing something in the morning and following some rules because we always have rules. And of course, in the spiritual and health and wellness world, everyone's doing all of these things that is just another added thing that makes people more stressed out. And it's actually supposed to be alleviating stress and it's actually creating it. So it's not about being super intense about the morning ritual. It's about being able to step outside of the morning ritual. Everyone goes into, I have to have a morning ritual. Well, you don't have to do anything. The idea of a morning ritual should never be the reason why you do it. The reason why you do it is because you want to be in communion and devotion and relationship with all that is. So the understanding of the self in the idea of I have a morning ritual needs to be removed because it's just another thing uh, that you have on your list of things to do and let go of that very humanistic way of I have to have a morning ritual and if I don't, then things aren't going to move in the right way. You should never come from it from that angle. And we should always come from a place of devotion, communion, relationship. So, choosing to have a relationship. Now, don't force yourself to have a relationship if you're not ready to have a relationship because the spirits know when you're not being authentic. You may, human beings will do things um, just to set themselves up, but they don't understand that setting yourself up for a certain type of energy is also about the energies, what we call your wards. Your wards are your spirits, your ancestors, family members who've crossed over, saw everything that they did, the choices they made and how it affected your life. And so they're waiting for you to make acknowledgement of them so that they can make your path easy. But a lot of people have forgotten the old ways. And so they go into this very kind of... um structury, uh, almost like another thing, another task, my morning ritual without with leaving out devotion and leaving out communion. Mm. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is this idea of relationship because you've mentioned it a few times already in all the research I've done of you and what I've received of your work, it seems to be the foundational, we can't call it a principle, but belief in shamanism. It all starts there, but what is the important, like what is relationship and why is it important? Because I think we go towards relationship with people, but what I'm hearing from you is relationship with source, other, all, everything. Yes. So, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about fifth dimensional 5D consciousness, but a lot of people don't understand that you cannot reach 5D consciousness if you do not have a relationship with the all. A lot of times people are using that as an escape go to avoid all of the conflicts and all of the things that we are, tumultuous experiences that we're having on planet Earth. The relationship is understanding the consciousness within the consciousness. It is knowing and observing the relationship of the self through everyone. So you are having a relationship with nature. It is a, it's not a one-way street. A lot of times in the spiritual, um, how do we say, uh, 
way that people operate, they operate from a very selfish point of view when it comes to the spiritual evolutionary process of our humanity and merging with higher dimensional beings and merging with um, the animal spirits or the nature spirits. They treat it as if it's something they have this entitlement to, this level of, I'm going to call on my masters or the angels, or I'm going to you know, do these things, I'm going to take medicines or I'm going to do these different things, but I don't really have a relationship with the spirit. I don't ever ask the spirits, do they need anything? I never communicate to the river and ask the river, is it a good time for me to disrupt it? Um, Should I be, um, you know, leaving offerings to nature in honor and respect? Um, You know, being able to understand the, the way in which you come into things. A lot of times that entitlement actually shuts people off from their spiritual powers because they're not coming in with a powerful energy of reverence for the divinities that live within all of those things. The divinity that lives in the stone or in the water or in the air that you breathe. All of these spirits are basically conscious spirits that are aware of you. But the question is, are you aware of them? So the relationship is about understanding how you are showing up. So as you see the relationship you're creating with others, you get to see the relationship you're creating with yourself because everyone is you in the embodiment in the embodiment of the consciousness that is either um, held in duality or held in synergy. So the 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 necessary components to our evolution isn't about us versus them. It's about everyone understanding each other and bringing levels of compassion, grace, which is the ability to let people be who they are and accept their existence. Doesn't mean you have to hang out and be best friends with them, but you do accept their existence. And that is an important, important factor when it comes into understanding the, the, the clarities and the dimensional fields of love. Because everyone has this idea that, you know, there's love and there's unconditional love. The, the idea of love Love is freedom. It's liberation. It's 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 the sexiness of life. It's the it's the moments when you see pictures and images of people running free on the beach and and, and like and laughing and being themselves without the fear of retribution or being accused or being judged or having any form of restraint, restriction, or barrier to their expression of who they are as an animate being that is an embodiment of creation in this in this um, biological spacesuit. So the definitions of that need to be removed. And human beings place definitions on things and then categorize them and compartmentalize them for safety and security, which means you're living and acting out of fear. If you are truly operating in relationship, you allow the people to be exactly as they choose to be without saying, oh, well, my mom wasn't like this when I grew up. So now I have to go through all of my ancestral patterns and figure out why she wasn't there. So I have to go to the big question mark and spend my life taking on all that energy to find out why she wasn't there in the way she needed to be there because my life could have been different if she had done this, 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 and it would have been like this. But that's not true. Your life is what it was. It is not what you imagine it to be in the fact that you're going to change someone to get them to give you your entitlement of what you feel you deserve for being a human being on planet earth. You see, the thing is, is that my father was an abusive person growing up as a kid, but he was also funny. He had all these other qualities about him, but 
I couldn't sit there and say, oh, I have to change him in order for me to find peace and, 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 and happiness and, and contentment in who I am. So I had to accept him as he is. If you choose to show up, you do. If you don't, you don't. People have these rules, very interesting, intricate rules that cause a lot of conflict and a lot of opinions. And those rules are governed by the ideas of what you expect people to be in order for you to love them. If you don't know how to love people in the act of freedom, then you don't love at all because you cannot love someone if you cannot love them in the act of freedom. That means that if you choose to show up, you do. If you don't, you don't. Perhaps maybe you got called on something. I'm not going to get mad and be like, you know what? Our friendship is over. You never spend time with me. You are living your life, my darling. You are having a time. If, our, if the wind blows you to my place, I will spend the most glorious time with you. <laughs> but the thing is for me to place any restrictions, pressure, judgments, ideas, and condemnation on you for you just being you is actually creating the obstruction and the duality and the, cha- the chaos consciousness that we keep seeing on our planet playing out on this primordial will of nonsense because we continue to keep placing and projecting our ideas of what we our entitlement wants things to be instead of embracing what is and being able to know that no one's behavior changes the way we choose to evolve. As, the, as Nelson Mandela said, you can put me in prison, you can take away my freedom, but you can never take away who I truly am and what my freedom is to me because you can lock someone up and put them in a room, you can take away their freedom to, to, do, to roam and do all these different things, but their soul, mm. their being, the way they choose to create relationship with the truth and authenticity of themselves can never be taken. Mm. So you're saying, or what I'm hearing is freedom is internally experienced. Yes, we are the creators of emotion. We are the creators of feelings. We are the creators of art and and philosophy and you name it. And we constantly are operating in this very codependent way of waiting for someone on the outside to create some reaction on the inside that actually makes us more held to the victim consciousness, the, you know, I'm not good enough consciousness, to all of these very, very paralyzing um, behaviors in society because human beings keep looking for the validation of their existence to another person. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you that power over me to decide if my being deserves to exist or not based upon your beliefs, your ideas, and your um, your entitlement. That mm. does not support Support the evolution of our species. And in fact, it holds back technology. It holds back understanding of healing. It holds back understanding of deeper wisdoms. It holds back so much progress in our um, society, in our species, on our planet with the interaction of all other sentient beings mm-hmm. because they're not going to involve themselves in this this energy of me, 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 me. And if I don't get what I want, I'm going to be unhappy and I'm going to be sad and life sucks and it's not fair. And how come they have money and I don't? And just constantly sounding like whining little children who are not happy and understanding that their happiness is not dependent upon what another person does. Mm -hmm. I have to share with you in the moment, this is supremely validating for me. I'm just about to open up a, I'm a conscious career and business coach and 
I'm about to open up a sort of um, a space, I'm calling it. And really at the foundation of the space is that you know that you are the expert on you and I can give you all the strategy. But at the end of the day, you know. And so it's where we come together to return to our knowing, to remember and remind each other that we don't need. And this is your Instagram bio, be your own damn guru. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely, my love. Because the thing is, human beings look for the validation, again, of their existence. So what does that mean? Let, let, let's, let me give it to you in a very, a very simple way of looking at it. Everyone is a Reiki master. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Congratulations, everyone, for being Reiki masters and learning the Daikyo Mio and the Shokurei and the Seheki and all the wonderful things that make you a Reiki master. Is anyone bringing any new symbols to the planet? Is there any more new techniques? Yoga's great. Is anyone going to create something new? Where are the creators in the understanding of when it comes to the evolution? Mm. People are just looking for another master, another teacher, another guru. They don't understand that through that level of reflection, we reflect codependency. And when we reflect codependency, we create internal systems that create external systems to make sure we stay in codependency to our governments, to our systems, to the matrix itself. This creates what we call a separation of consciousness. People will literally go around and create what we call masterful hierarchies of of self through the understanding of society, such as I did ayahuasca. Did you do ayahuasca? I went to India. Did you go to India? I'm doing ice baths. Are you doing ice baths? Um, Are you doing this? Do you do yoga? Do you do this? And if people don't meet those criteria that people feel they should, they're deemed not spiritual enough or not enough to spend time with them, to to connect with them, to learn from them. which means basically remember and be able to access higher dimensional energies through conversation, through interaction, and through touch. Mm. So what happens? We isolate ourselves internally, and then we have to create something on the outside to make us be isolated. We, You see, everything outside is just showing us what we're doing on the inside, and yet Mm. people are still looking for the monster on the outside, but they don't realize that the monster doesn't exist. What exists is the creator who is dysfunctional. A dysfunctional creator. So until human beings realize that magic and all of these amazing things that people read about in stories and books like Harry Potter and all these things cannot come to be if you are not willing to be the wizard, the guru, the person who is able to see your own potential and channel new symbols, bring new healing devices, open yourself up to the intergalactic cosmos of Open creation. Open creation means what? It means that you are the creator. There's this infinite void called darkness that everyone likes to call evil, but they don't realize that darkness is an amplifier. And what it does is it amplifies you. So if you're a person who's not operating in your light intelligence, which we means higher dimensional thinking, then you will have darkness come in to push every single button to amplify you to step back into your throne, get back into your power, and let's pull, and, and and let's be a creator. Every human human being has great potential for business, for this, for that. But the thing that takes them down is 
that they are still operating in a projected field of awareness. They're not coming from true authenticity. True authenticity is not projecting. When most people meet people, they don't really meet the person yet. They meet the projection of that person. They don't see the core of that person, which is basically saying, love me, see me, acknowledge my existence. That's it. That's all anyone wants. You want to make a best friend? Keep engaging conversation with them where they can talk about themselves the whole entire time and they will love you. Because why? Because they'll feel safe with you and they'll feel, oh my God, I feel so amazing with you. I feel this great energy. People love being around me because I love to pour my energy into people and be like, oh my God, you're so amazing. Just like, like, let's bring out every single amazing cell and energy in your being and let's keep it lit. Again, the understanding of human development can only develop that which they are willing to understand from a place of not that I need something from the outside, but it's that you need yourself. Stop outsourcing your knowing. You got mm, this it. This is so powerful. Um, I will hope to release some video, but just so you know, I'm just nodding vigorously in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we like in church. <laughs> but you know why you're nodding is because the part of you, not the biological spacesuit that you chose with the hair color and the eye colors and the way your face looks and everything in your body, that's just your biological spacesuit that you chose to be able to interact with this dimensional field to you know, to acclaim whatever it is that you choose to acclaim in the process of service. The you that is inside that knows the truth is the truth and always will be the truth knows what is really going on. And so when truth is said, you cannot deny that vibration of magnetic energy inside of you. I call it the great turn on. You get turned on. You know, you can feel the vibrational feelings. That's the difference when I say liberation. When someone, when a religious person comes to me and says, Shaman Durek, you know, um, what is your understanding of holiness? I'm, I said, liberation. Complete liberation is a holy person, a person who is able to operate independently, but collectively at the same time, quantumly. That means I can be independent and still operate within a community and still hold my independence and be able to take walkabouts where I can bring new information to the community through my independence. And that allows us to grow and evolve. And if people were to see that, we would stop trolling people and making opinions about things because no opinion means nothing unless it supports everyone. Mm. Hey, can I ask you a question? It was at this point that I thought my camera was off and that Shaman Jurek couldn't see me. So I literally asked him, hey, can you see me? And while I'll never know if he knew what I meant, I mean, I'm pretty sure he did, what's far more interesting than the production note is his response. And I wanted to share this with you because I've been thinking about it a lot. This moment reminded me and continues to remind me that we are always interacting with a state of consciousness. And in any moment, we get to choose either the level of inquiry we bring to that moment or the quality of the response we give. 
So listen to his response to my question and where he takes it. Of course I see you. I know what you look like. Not the you that you project, but Mm. the you you. (laughs) Can we talk about, um, I guess, our power and our potential? We've... You've spoken about this kind of in different ways already. We've been raised in this culture where we tie career to purpose. How do we begin to unwind that bond or that thinking that what we do professionally is a measure of our worth and why we're here? How do we even begin to break that apart? Well, first you have to understand that the consciousness of evolution, the first seed of that consciousness is based in what we call singular polarity. Singular polarity versus dual polarity. Dual polarity is what it should be, which is very tribal-based in family cultures. When families are developing or they have children, they tend to take on what we call an authoritative role of you have to do this, 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 this in order to be rewarded, in order to be loved, in order to be seen, in order to be valued. And so the idea of growth is not subjective. It's um, coming from a place of where people are operating in this fear that if they don't meet the standards that is required by other people, they will be ostracized, disconnected, not loved, and thrown away from the tribe. So the fear inside of your being and all the microorganisms inside of your body are aware of this frequency, of this energy because of singularity, polarity, because the dual aspect means that you are able to tell your parents or your authority figures that there is no authority. The only, the only measure of, of development is giving me the information so I can stay safe, but not invoking fear into me, not telling me what I'm capable of doing, what I can achieve, what is possible for me. And so therefore, you can also tell your parents or your guardians or whoever it is that they also have things that they should be looking at because it's causing disruption within the tribe. Because we didn't have that, We grow up looking at success from a place of what we achieve, what we have, what we can buy, how much we are able to create from the idea of material. So the validation from other people we look for. That's why social media has such a strong um, grasp on on humanity because human beings want to feel acknowledged. They want to be seen because seen is loved and love means you're part of the tribe. And so again, this energy creates a discourse. So human beings actually believe they have a career. They create it in a very structural, disconnected way. I have a career. This is my career. No, this is not your career. There is no such thing as a career. This is all set up to compartmentalize your creative expression. If you continue to say, I have a career and this is what my career is, not only are you boxing yourself, You are taking away all of the multiple um, possibilities of what can be out of the equation. And you are separating yourself, which we call dissonance. You're dissoning yourself from the possibilities of many possibilities. And you're singly um, putting yourself in a box. And only that which is in the nucleus of that box can attract what you need in life. That's a problem. 
Because if you see as, as one thing, look, yes, I'm Shaman Durek, but I also make house music and I also write books and I also do other things like dance. And, you know, I'm, 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 I have many things that I do, you know, and it's not just, this is my career. I'm Shaman Durek. This is my career. Yeah, I'm Shaman Durek, but I'm many things. I'm a multidimensional being. Tomorrow, I might choose to be something you would never even think I could be because I have the choice to do that because I am a creator. So, to box myself would limit me from all the possibilities and opportunities that can show up for me of all the things that I'm capable of doing. There was a time where I was a gymnastics coach and people were like, you don't even know how to do a cartwheel. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I choose to be a gymnastics coach today and that's what I'm going to do. And then I went to get this job at this gym to do gymnastics. And they're like, have you ever done the gymnastics before? And I'm like, no. They're like, why would you apply for a job that everyone has 10 to 15 years of training in gymnastics and can teach these classes? I said, because I love children. So I know I'm a gymnastics coach. And they're like, okay. So, and the woman believed me so much in who I was. She hired me with the process of me learning from her for three months, executing all the moves to teach the classes. And I did it and I got the job. So again, it's all based upon how you see your multidimensional self. And that opens up doorway after doorway of what people call success. Success is no more than you being able to live in a place of joy and happiness and freedom and play within what you do. If you wake up one day and you're like, I don't feel happy, I don't feel good, I don't feel this, I don't feel that, or if your business is not succeeding, it's because your soul is unhappy. Your being inside has been neglected. You have not given yourself the sustenance, the words, the love, the energy that your being feels excited. Like, watch, say this word, say this. I'm so excited for everything that I do. I'm so excited for everything that I do. Now let's switch it and add, and let's speak directly to the soul. You are so excited for everything you do. You are so excited for everything that you do. You see the difference in energy? Because the I am is the projection of self. It is not the core of your being. The you are is how you were, is the core. So when you speak to yourself, watch, say this, say, you are manifesting so many opportunities. You are manifesting so many opportunities. Tell yourself how amazing you are. Go ahead, repeat that. Tell yourself how amazing you are. You are amazing. Acknowledge all of your accomplishments. Acknowledge all of your accomplishments. And keep acknowledging them until you can't stop smiling. Go and ahead, keep say acknowledging it. them until you can't stop smiling. It's really interesting how quickly I can um, see the accomplishments. You know, there wasn't a moment there where I had to kind of really think deeply about what have you accomplished. They kind of did just start coming in like a slideshow. Yeah. Like, watch, I say this to you. Um, body, uh, blink her eyes very quickly and download courage, strength, and power and buzz it through her system. See what just happened? This is crazy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
expected no less, but still having the experience um, is quite like, uh, I don't know if unnerving is the right word. It's just you don't experience it ever. So it feels new. Yeah, but it's not. The thing is that human beings have forgotten the controls of their biological spacesuit. And trust me, I haven't figured all of it out. I am still operating in understanding disease and sickness in the body and cancer and anything that causes any outside pathogen or any sickness or anything in the body. So I use my own body as a way to learn about these things and be able to grow through these things. And what I find is that my life is not just about healing people. It's not, I'm not a healer. I don't know if people always think, oh, you're a healer. Shaman Dirk's a healer. No, I don't heal you. I open space for you to see your potential and you end up healing yourself because I, all I do is basically say, I'm going to show you how to access your, to hack into your system because you are in a biological spacesuit that is an organic living source of consciousness. Every cell in your body was an elemental spirit that chose to be your fingers, your ears, your nose, your eyes, that was created out of the sperm and the, um, and the um, egg within your mother. And that energy and all of that information, what we call spiritual technology, created your body. And so what I'm here to do is spend my whole life figuring out how the system is functioning, how to get people out of chronic depression, how to shift mental health, how to heal the body, how to heal the skin, how to heal, how to communicate to the technology of spirit that makes you who you are in a fast and quick way that when you see TV shows like Star Trek and all these different things where you see them being able to do all of these very quick healings on the body, um, to be able to do things where you see in the futuristic way, that is what, my, what I'm here to achieve and continue achieving. And so just communicating to your body, because your body has its own consciousness, your emotions has its own consciousness, your mind has its own consciousness, and your spirit has its own consciousness. People don't realize that every time you go and you start thinking about things in the past, you're actually pulling that energy back into your body and your, your subconscious mind doesn't know time. So it doesn't understand why it's going through that pain again. Why are we so here then, again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why are you here again? Why are you going to the graveyards and digging up graveyard bones and so forth and making a ritual out of it? You know, I literally will go to lunch with someone and they'll start telling me about all of these things, their past relationships. And then they'll say to me, Shaman Durek, do you think I'm going to meet someone new? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no and they're like what why i'm like because you keep pulling the energy from the old relationship so your subconscious mind and your spirit go oh that's what she wants that's what he wants so let's bring that tomorrow the next month and next year so you're just going to date the same person but in a different body Mm. it's just going to be the same it's a replica we call it replicating you're replicating things from your experiences of energetic frequency and past occurrences and you're replicating it in your now a moment because remember the future there's no such thing future is like tendrils going out into space waiting for you to decide which one right mm-hmm. so you're replicating you are a replica you are creating replication copies of the past that's crazy mm-hmm. who wants to do what are you doing people are like my business failed in the past and then they think their new business is going to be successful no. why are you even there 
What are you doing? And so this is why I say you have to become your own spiritual travel agent. You can't expect to think that your spirit is not completely independent and in community with you. You're, the moment you start thinking about something, your spirit travels it. That's why people get deja vu. You know, they're like, oh my God, I've been here before. Uh, you're right, you have, just not in the physical embodiment of matter that is trapped light. You were actually there in spirit. Your spirit traveled there first, and now it's, you, it checked out the place, knew where you were gonna sit, looked at everything that was necessary based on the energies that you're sending out to the universe, and then you actually went Went there, and then you, the spirit, and you, for some short moment, your brain, your mind, actually taps into the fact that your spirit energy was already there, and you get deja vu. Mm. Can I ask you, um, on the universe? And I love getting clarity on this. If there's only one thing, are we in fact the universe? The universe in what sense? Like, if we think about wholeness and oneness, do we all come from the same spark and therefore, you know, that creates the universe, creates us, and therefore we are it? And I feel like a lot of what we hear, especially in, I guess, more westernized versions of Eastern spirituality is that we need to ask the universe for things and manifest these things. And a big part of what I believe, and, you know, we all believe something different, is like, well, we are it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are. And the thing is, though, you are in what we call a sphere that is uh, created with what we call magnetic frequency that operates in the understanding of you being able to take on other frequencies of people that have, how do you say, have had difficulty or have had difficult uh, situations. That's why when we come here, we erase our memories so we don't have full memory of our total uh, expandedness until we actually claim it within ourselves. And the reason why is how are you, we don't come to earth to learn. This is not school. I can't tell you how many spiritual events I've been at and people are like, you're in the earth school. No, we're not. This is not an earth school. You're only calling it an earth school because there's school on planet earth created by a system that wanted to <laughs> institutionalize you and take away all your creativity and put you into what we call a selective viewing point. So you can choose what they want you to choose to support the system, the boxes and college and all that kind of stuff. So you think everything that teaches you is a school. It's not. The institutions that were created by the matrix were set up to be able to see who follows the rules and who doesn't and who is able to fit in the boxes that they need you to fit in, in order to keep society functional. Yes. This is not a school. This is a, 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 a journey that we have made for evacuation. We have come here because our brothers and sisters have not come home. And we want to understand why they are trapped behind the void. And in order to understand, we can't go in with full information and intelligence to a planet where people have forgotten who they are. 
So we have to understand what it's like to be forgotten, to understand what, what choices they made that made them forget. So then as we go through that period, which is through the help of darkness, which is a wonderful, wonderful, um, uh, uh, advantageous way of evolution, thank goodness for the darkness, the darkness allows us to be able to go into a space where we feel comfortable as we begin to process and come into that awakening of remembering. So human beings go into creating dark is this and light is this and this and that, and they create duality so they can kind of control the things that are happening around them. But what they don't understand is that this is not a school. This is a place for you to remember. But in order to get to the place of remembering, you have to understand the places where people have created their creation to go against themselves. That you cannot help our brothers and sisters and bring them home for the evacuation if you do not know what it took for them to lose their, their, their memories of who they are. So we take on different roles. Like I've taken on the role in my family and experienced the slavery that took place in my family when my family was, um, when the, um, when the people came to, to, um, West Africa and took a lot of my ancestors and put them in slave houses, all of that is inside of me. And all of that memory is inside of me and all of the rituals and this, all of it. And that's why being with your ancestors is so important. That energy in itself has given me the ability to make choices of going into drugs when I was young and going into, um, uh, you know, being an alcoholic and going into all these amazing experiences, going to jail for like a year and a half, you know, dying, going, uh, being in a wheelchair, going through health issues, doing all these different things, not because I'm a bad person or because I, you know, I have to reach some spiritual enlightenment. No, it's for the purpose of understanding mm. what happens to people. And as I rise out of these calamities, as I lift myself through the darkness, I am reborn into the awakening process of remembering, and therefore I can show other people how to remember. Mm. But I can't show people how to remember if I'm not willing to, to be comfortable in the darkness. That's why people are like, oh, go work on your shadow. They don't even know that their shadow is their higher self in disguise. The higher self isn't coming in like, oh, I am your higher self. I am a galactic being of infinite intelligence. No, your higher self is like, I'm your shadow and I'm the part that tells you the truth and you don't want to hear it because you don't like it because you have agendas and you have um, expectations and you create expectations that cause you suffering and you have all of these things that you're doing that instead of realizing that I am the truth of your being, I am the one that tells you the truth that you don't want to hear because it doesn't fit your agenda and it doesn't fit your um, your your entitlement. Mm, and so story. when you right, so when you're ready to confront me, I'm going to show you all the things that darkness has that the shadow, what you call the shadow, is only reflective of the light that the things that you don't want to take responsibility for. So I have to hold it in the energy space of your energy field and the and the dimensional energy field, and that's why I'm a shadow, but I'm really the light. And your ego, which people want to kill the ego, that's a funny thing. Your ego is what we call a responsive 
energy tracker. It's literally a personal assistant that makes your reality what you say it is. So if you say there's no good men in the world, the ego will bring all the worst men to you. If you say there's, uh, money's hard to come by, the ego will make sure money is very difficult. If you say, oh, I wonder if my business is going to do good, until you decide what it's going to be, your ego will make sure that you stay in limbo. The choice is yours. You are the creator. It has to support the creator's intentions. That is the reason why human beings suffer. Human beings, like, it's a great Buddha, Lord, Lord uh, Siddhartha said, the, the understanding of going through all of these different experiences is not just based in going through those experiences. It's based in the experience to the, uh, the ability to surrender the agenda, mm-hmm. surrender the, the, the idea of what you think something should be or the expectation. Why do people have anxiety? Why do they have stress? Why do they have things? Because they have expectations. They, have, they, they create fears of their agendas. They create fears of their, of their entitlement. They don't step into a place with themselves to their shadow and sit with their shadow and say, what do I really feel? Sometimes I'll, people will come in the sessions with me and I just have them curse at everything. I'll have them say the most craziest things out of their mouth. And one woman's like, I can't believe you're having me say, um, um, you know, tell these people to F off and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, of course I am, because it makes you uncomfortable. And that energy, the cursing, is an, em- an extra oomph to you being real with yourself. Wellness is realness. Spirituality is contradiction. And until people understand that and they try to fit into these hierarchy boxes, they're going to suffer. Mm. Can I ask you, you know, you're landing some truth right now and anyone listening is going to feel that based on their level of knowing and remembering, fine. How, like, let's just get into the humanness of this, mm-hmm. operating in in the world. How do you personally ha- not even handle, navigate this idea of spiritual bypassing of people criticizing or judging your gifts and what you have to give? Because the context for that is a lot of my listenership um, are exploring lots of different magic and mysticism and philosophy. And um, and of course, they're getting um, people roll their eyes and not take them seriously. And how do we um, tra- how do we transcend that? Well, that's amazing. And you don't really even have to transcend it because transcending something is an energy that you feel that you have to alchemize. You don't need to alchemize someone else's energy. So there's no real transformation in that process. What it is, is understanding grace, right? Understanding like the understanding of... um, of really seeing them. We say in Jamanism, it's the observation of, not the reaction of, right? And so what does that mean? That means that like people talk about me all the time. They talk about me in the press, in the tabloids. They talk about me and my color, my my sexuality. They talk about my, uh, what they think about my spirituality. I mean, the list goes on and on. And it's good that they're doing that because it's just helping them to process. It has nothing to do with me. It's just their own, I'm, I'm just holding space for them to process. You know what I love about Andy Warhol? It's this amazingness that he was. He would say, people would come and look at his art and he didn't, and people would say, oh, this is like, I don't understand this. This seems so rudimentary. And, and Andy Warhol wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get hurt by it or upset. He would go, oh, is that how you see it? Oh, how fascinating. 
how absolutely fascinating, you know, because he knew that the art wasn't about um, him believing in himself or him acknowledging himself. It was about giving people a window to look through, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, that's why I love people who, like, color their hair and, like, do things that people in society would think is, like, the not fitting into what people would consider the, the norm, you know? or whatever that means. Because I always say they are walking doorways. They're dimensional quantum leaps just by existing, just by being who they are. They're quantum leaps. And if people were actually willing to see that if something is triggering you, that's because that is the part of your being that is holding on to something that is actually limiting you. And so triggers are so amazing. Like in my relationship with my girlfriend, like whenever she triggers me, I get so excited because then I'm just like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm going into another remembering, you know? And then I like go, oh my God, babe, I'm so pissed off right now. <laughs> I'm being triggered. And this really has nothing to do with you. It's all me. So let me go and see what this trigger is. And then I'm like, oh my God, this trigger is this. And, and, then, she, and then we sit down and talk about the trigger and then it opens me up to her wisdom and, and you know, vice versa. And it's same with my friends. If they trigger me, instead of me getting mad at them, cutting them off and be like, oh, I'm done with you, I embrace them. I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much for bringing this trigger for me. Like this is, this is amazing opportunity for me to be able to, pers- to expand my my consciousness to bring in what I call more data open um, information. What is data open? Data open means you can talk to me about anything. And when I say anything, I mean, you can talk to me about anything and I will not judge you. People come to me and they like say the craziest things to me in their mind. They think it's crazy to me. They're just expressing themselves. I'm an op- I'm a data open being. So there's nothing that I put restrictions on when you're around me. So when my friends are around me, they know there's no restriction. My friend can take off their clothes and run around the house and say, I'm a fireman. And I'm like, that's fantastic. What fire are you putting out? <laughs> you know, but like people will be like, oh my God, looking at them sideways and what's wrong with that person? You know, how can they, why are they acting that way? You know, and feel embarrassed by them. Again, taking responsibility for how they choose to be and then feel embarrassed by the person person, which means that you're taking ownership of their, of who they are and their expression, which is like the biggest, uh, you know, uh, you know, thing that causes people distress. But the thing is, is that as we're talking about these things, think about it for one moment and think in the sense of, wow, like these people are saying all these things about me. This is great. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. They're being able to open up a conversation. Sometimes I'll be on my TikTok or my Instagram and I'll throw something out there that I know is going to piss people off or irritate them. And I sit back and look at all the comments and at least they're, they're, they're starting to, people are having different opinions and sharing and stuff. But what it's doing is it's opening up space. And the more they begin to open up that space, whatever they choose to do, that's what they choose to do. Evolution is, 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 is individually and collectively, but the understanding of where I'm resourcing information is giving people an opportunity to see themselves through their judgment, to see themselves through their accusations, you know, to see them. So like I tell a woman, she goes, I, my husband doesn't understand this path that I'm on. I'm like, that's great. Oh my God, that's amazing. I go, you should make sure you burn sage and bang the drum and you work with your crystals and do your yoga and everything. And if he gets really, really uncomfortable and upset, then that's something he, you need to just let him be and let him hold that space. And if you feel at some point 
that that he's not able to um, accept you, that's because he can't accept himself. So then you have to ask yourself, is this really my husband? (laughs) Are you dating someone that is not really your husband? Because again, Mm. any place where you are being restrained from liberation is the spirit and your being telling you, this is imbalanced. Imbalanced. And this is, I talk about this a lot in my work as a career and business coach, like by exploring this side of doing business and being in the world as a business person, you're inviting a lot of change. And so you have to be ready for some really difficult decisions because once we remember and we know, we can't unknow. So you can't accept those jobs. You can't take money from that person. You and then it starts to change your life because your funding might decrease, all these things. So it's that thing, isn't it? Like by choosing to explore our spirituality, we're actually choosing change. And that could be good, bad, ugly, you know, like. Yeah, without ridicule. That's the thing mm. that people do. It's um, I'm going to change. So I have to suffer in that change. Why? Why? Why does changing mean you have to be punished and suffer mm. for being honest? People punish themselves for being honest. There's no reason to punish yourself for being honest. People feel guilt, which is not even real. People will say, women says to me, I feel so guilty um, that I didn't go um, with my husband this weekend. I'm like, no, you don't. They're like, no, I do. I feel miserable. I'm like, why are you choosing to feel miserable for something that you know you don't feel guilty about? The only reason why you feel guilty is because you feel bad that you're being honest. So we're, we see we're taught on this planet to lie. We're taught on this planet that we are rewarded for the lies that we create to ourselves. The self-betrayal is a rewardable function on our planet. From the moment we are children, our kid says, parent goes, I want you to go to school and become a lawyer. The kid doesn't want to be a lawyer, but they go to be a lawyer because they want to please their parents. They're lying to themselves, which will have direct effect to their cause and effect reaction of what we will call karma. Shamanism, we don't really understand karma in the same way that other people do, but from our perspective of karma, if we were to understand it in our own way, we would look at it from the understanding of that every time that you betray yourself because you feel you need to be loved, accepted, and seen, and appreciated without giving those qualities to yourself— then you will create what we call um, a restriction. And that restriction will then reverberate out into the world and create more restriction and more restriction until you decide to stop and realize that you've betrayed yourself for someone else's need to love you. My father would say to me, I don't want you to be the shaman in this life. I want to put this behind our family. I want you to take over the family business and go into construction and and, um, commercial real estate. And I want you to build hotels and do all these different things. And if you don't, I'm going to cut you off. And I said, well, then cut me off, dad, because my um, love and acknowledgement for myself is greater than my need for your love. Mm. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm willing to be true to who I am and not betray myself if it means to defy your need for love to, to love me. You don't have to love me. It's okay. You don't have to like me. It's okay. But it's not going to change the way I feel about myself because you choose to feel otherwise. And so in business, let's talk business now. Let's pull the business spirits in. When we think about business, right? We always focus our energy and attention on if people are going to like it, are they going to respond to it? Are they going to appreciate it? Are they going to value it? All these different things. 
My aunt said something to me very interesting um, when, when she was living and she was going to sing at Carnegie Hall. She's a world famous opera singer. And she said to me, and I said, what's it like, you know, singing in, in front of all these people? And she said to me, I don't sing for the people. I sing for myself and they get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing something to appease the people, then you have already um, missed the mark. You know, uh, my friend Gwyneth Paltrow said something to me interesting over dinner. She said, the people who actually are succeeding are the provocateurs. They are the people who just don't care. They don't care if it ruffles people's feathers, if it irritates them, because they're not doing it for the people. They're doing it for themselves. When you do something for yourself because you enjoy it, because you love it, success is given. But if you're doing it because you're trying to meet people's expectations and what they want and you're trying to find out what the market is and all this kind of stuff. You know, I love this movie, Filled of Dreams, because they say, if you build it, they will come. It's true. You build it, they will come. That's it. So business is not governed in the old way of business, which is the old paradigm of business. When you create a business and you have people working for you, okay, they're not working for you. They're supporting your vision. Mm. So when the old paradigm of of business was you're the boss and they work for you. But if you don't empower everyone in your company or whatever it is that you're doing to be in alignment to your vision, then I, I was doing this lecture in Iceland where I was, at the, doing a business conference and I was talking to all these big bankers and CEOs and everything. And I basically said, if you can't hold a plate on your finger, you can't do that. Balance a plate on your finger by yourself and maintain that. You need other hands to lift. And so all of us, the more you start understanding community within your business mm-hmm. is the more you're going to be successful. Because then you understand how people can be integrated, not that, they, that you have to meet their expectations, mm. but you're creating an integrational process of, and that creates the success. Success is created by people feeling welcomed to be a part of what you're doing and feel acknowledged in the vision that you're creating. Mm. The belonging and they go from customers and clients to advocates and supporters. It's really powerful. I really appreciate that transmission because... The way you just articulated that I think is going to move people and shift their thinking. I have a final question for you that I ask all of my guests. Okay. So this podcast exists as an exploration of true self, which we've spoken a lot about today. Who are we without all these labels and in this you know paradigm that we're living in? But also what does it mean to succeed consciously? So how do we marry our true self with our professional self and can we kind of exist from the space between? When you're sitting in your true self, what comes up for you and how do you define this idea of true self-success? So true self-success to me um when I think about it from how you're explaining it, because even the way you're explaining it, it doesn't fully connect with me because I don't look at these things as separate. You know, to me, true self is me, again, living my joy. It's, it's the, and it's not just the joy. It's the understanding of being truthful to why I'm doing what I'm doing. So let me give you an example. 
I could easily go live my life in the forest and go live in a cabin and not it could disconnect all my social media and all of the things and just be and just live my life as this hermit and with my girlfriend and the kids and like whatever and live off the land. Um, you know, when I say live off the land, like grow our food and stuff like that. And like, I can do all of this. But the thing is, the reason why I don't is because I'm pissed off. And because I'm pissed off and I'm angry and I'm, 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 I'm frustrated, um, all of that anger and pissed off and frustration and hurt has given me shaman Durek, has given me creating the things that I create because of the fact that it basically, and I tell people, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, how do you stay in that place of authenticity? It's very simple. I'm honest with how I really feel. And I know that every day that I am showing people how to step into their power and see the truth and remove themselves from, from resistances and energies and so forth, it takes away that anger and frustration a little bit more. As Dr. Martin Luther King said, that his path was not forged because it was forged as something that he's here to do. It was because he was frustrated and angry about the conditions that the people were going through in everything of social equality and so forth. And it was only through that was he able to gain the dream of the possibility, even though other people did not believe in that possibility and not just other people, meaning white people, but people of color did not believe in his dream in the beginning. And the reason why is because they couldn't see outside of the clouds. And his anger, his frustration, his annoyance was strong enough to guide him to become Dr. Martin Luther King, as it was Mandela, as it was um, Mother Teresa, as it was uh, whoever it is, Oprah Winfrey, the list goes on and on. Lady Gaga, I mean, they told her she couldn't, she would never, she'd be a backup singer and she would never be a front singer and who she today. So again, the understanding is that you as an individual have to find what is the fire? Where does the fire come from? I know that when I was growing up as a kid and I watched people not able to connect with their ancestors, have psychic abilities, intuition, be able to move energies and manifest, my fire was built. I was like, this is crazy. What kind of world are we in? Why is this world? Why do people have war? Why are people hating each other because of color? Why am I being called the N-word? What is all of this about? And that is what made me step out into the world and be who I am and do the things that I do. And I know that fire is there. And I let that fire, I let it burn and I let it burn. And it gives me all my energy and fuel to get out of the bed or when I'm in the hospital or whatever I'm going through in my life, it makes me put my foot back on the ground and, 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 and breathe in new air and start the day again, fresh and ready to conquer. And that is the difference between those who are successful and those who are not. Because a successful person is driven by the original energy, you know, instead of it being, uh, you know, I'm just going to do it because I want to make money. If the drive and the passion and the fire is not there, if that fire isn't there, I don't care what you do you will not be successful because the, the fire has to be there. You know, we say the fire is the, is the passion, it's the burning, it is the, it is the place of ingenuity. It's a place of allowing you to be able to create that you in the world, 
right? Mm-hmm. And so again, when we look at it from the Sanskrit, right, you have the um, Manapura, which is, people call it the solar plexus, which is the place of fire, but it's also the place of the mind. So as you burn the fire, right, through, by increasing the fire, it needs air, and air is what? It's the thinking, it's the, it's the ability to think and perceive, and, and bringing in that, that intelligence increases the fire. So for me, the more and more I see things in the world, uh, you know, that are not held in the frequency of love, it just fuels my fire inside and I become like a dragon and I'm like, okay, let's go, let's slay, let's make things happen, right? And so passion um, before purpose. Mm. You're a gift. Thank you. That was, I knew it was going to be obviously great, but that was really, really powerful. So I'm very thankful um, that you said yes. And um, I mean that because I know you don't always say yes. So I really appreciate that you did. (laughs) I appreciate you and thank you. And I'm glad that you're telling yourself you're a gift and you're telling me I'm a gift. Because you know the whole, you know, we say in shamanism, when someone says something to you, like they say, oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're so gift. You're such a gift that is their soul reflecting the truth and the light from within their own being. Mm -hmm. So when someone says, oh, you're an idiot or you're stupid or that, that is what's being reflected from their own being. That's why we mustn't take, um, we mustn't get upset when people say mean things to us. Mm -hmm. We must understand that there's a spiritual illness that's taking place, a true sickness that needs to be, um, you know, brought into a curative place. And that could only happen when we don't react to it and, and, and feed into the illness. You know, if you work in a hospital, some, and I used to work in hospitals a lot, and uh, I get invited in a lot. And sometimes my patients that I'm working with, a doctor who's like, okay, you're going to work with this person, they'll call me names, they'll say mean things to me, and whatever, and I'll take offense to it. Because I know that that's coming from the hurt and the pain inside of them. Right, And so when someone says, oh, you're a gift, I say, well, thank you for saying that to yourself. And thank you for saying that to me. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to find out more about my personal and professional development opportunities. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to Offline, please share it with them. 